and welcome. You are listening to Super NPC Radio, and this is the latest installment of the Metal Deer Solid's Games Club. Metal Deer Solid Games Club, the bi-monthly book club style series where your favorite personalities from the mainline video games and comedy show podcast join forces to discuss the entries of Hideo Kojima's Twilight Card series, Metal Deer Solid, and hopefully save the world from nuclear destruction in the process. Today we are discussing the Game Boy Color game, Metal Deer Solid, released outside of the U.S. as Metal Deer Solid Ghost Babel. A game so overlooked in the canon that it almost didn't get an episode, except I <laughs> was such a passionate nerd about it that I managed to wrangle one in. And who am I? Why, I'm big boss Michael Hearn. And joining me this club are the two baddest Kojima-style villains uh, that I could find. I'm talking about Liquid Jeremy Schmidt. How are you, Liquid Jeremy Schmidt? Hello, brothers! That's him. And didn't even have to change his name to make it sound like a Metal Deer Solid character. Mike Steele. How are you, Mike? <laughs> How am I supposed to do an impression of a character when it's just my name? I hate yeah, you, Jeremy. Just do a Raven thing. Oh. Kind of, that sounds <laughs> like one of those side characters. I'm style. actually, the body you're looking at is someone else. Mike Steele's living in my arm. Oh, oh rad, that's rad, a, rad. Allusion to the canon that surprisingly Ghost Babel kind of ties into a lot of, so appreciate that. That's great. Uh, Hearn, I want to congratulate you on just a stellar, near, uh, a would-be award-winning introduction to the podcast. <laughs> That's great. You, I, you treated it with more love and care than I've ever treated anything in my life, so hey. I appreciate that. Thank you for writing that out. Man, <laughs> the, res- yeah, the respect for the for the medium is palpable with Hearn. Um, mm-hmm. It's putting it's putting my, like, uh, woke up a minute ago and started a podcast to shame. Oh, yeah, so. he was writing and reading. I'm not yeah. wearing pants. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm coming into this so loose. So, <laughs> Hearn, thank you for being. Thank you for doing this, I buddy. mean, thank you. You handed the reins to me. I wanted to treat this uh, horse with care, you know? Uh, <laughs> I'm just standing on the shoulders of giants. Uh, well, before we get into it, first of all, thank you both for joining me today. It was surprisingly difficult to get people to want to talk about the Game Boy Color entry of Metal Gear Solid, so I'm happy to have a couple people who've experienced it and I just want to like wonder what your like your history with the game is because we all kind of have our history with Metal Gear Solid as gamers. We all have that in the backdrop of like some of us got into it later, I'm sure, but still, it's a very like important series to all of gamedom. But this specific entry and even just 2D Metal Gear games, because Metal Gear Solid before it was Metal Gear Solid was just Metal Gear. And they had a couple entries that were just 2D for the Nintendo and the MSX. And I was wondering, have you guys had any experiences with them? Or did it lead up to here? Or was the Game Boy Color one your very first one? Um, I'll go first because it's quick. Uh, yeah. And I've kind of talked about it on other episodes. I I never played it on, on the NES. Um, and I never mm-hmm. played this game on the Game Boy Color. In fact, mm-hmm. I've never played a Game Boy Color period what yeah wow like an actual i've played a ton of like, game boy color games but on after GBA the facts, yeah or emulated so i've i've mm-hmm. never played like an actual game boy color um but uh yeah but as far as the msx games go i have played uh, essentially like two to three hours in each one in each one so like yeah you know metal gear and then there's metal gear two solid snake um mm-hmm. and uh uh, I low key uh, love the top down grid based version of Metal Gear. That's very much what the first game is. Metal Gear Solid One for the PS One is basically a top down game, and mm-hmm. uh, 
and that that's sort of my like kind of that's my favorite Metal Gear Solid game, and that's sort of like my favorite style. It's just where you can kind of see the whole layout of everything around you, you know, and you're kind of uh, it's the the puzzling is more about you know how am I going to get around these obstacles, not like uh, you know some things later on in the series where it's like oh there's a guy around the corner and I just there's no way I could ever see that, and now I'm just busted. So anyway, that's my that's my history. Uh, I'm a big Metal Gear fan um, in general. I have complicated feelings that the fandom tends to disagree with me on. I Ooh. hate the mobile games. I Ooh. hate Metal Gear Solid Three. Mm. Uh, I don't like. I don't like anything with Big Boss in it. That's <laughs> like the Metal Gears I like have Solid Snake in them, mm-hmm. and so that's that's. But I do. I did not plan on doing this, but when you asked, now this is something I have owned since I was. I think four years old. And this is my original copy. Whoa. Metal Gear. That box is in great condition. Yeah. So it's missing the two. You can see it's missing the two edge tabs. Mm -hmm. It only has this one. It's kind of falling up, but it still has the sleeve. Whoa. And it still has the booklet. Hold on. I'll Mm. show you. A booklet. So there was no radar in the original. The radar was basically the booklet, which was a map. Of the oh, entire man. game. Wow. Whoa. And it showed Damn. everything, and that was its version of a radar. Uh, so I so again, I did not mean yeah. to whip this out originally. It was not a, the plan, but when you asked, uh, that is my first example of playing Metal Gear. Uh, and then obvi- mm. uh, I didn't play another one until yeah. Solid. I never played uh Solid Snake, I never played Snake's Revenge. Uh I didn't play any of that stuff. The next one would have been Metal Gear Solid, and then I played uh, Ghost Babble in, I was a freshman in high school, I think. I remember seeing a uh, screenshot for it in Tips and Tricks magazine, <laughs> uh, and it called it Ghost Babble, so it was a nightmare to find, because I like mm. kept trying to find the game, and then one day I found it at a Game Crazy uh, as Metal wow. Gear Solid for the Game Boy Color, and I was like, I wonder if this is the same game, and maybe I saw something wrong. And again, back then you were not like going on the internet and finding out all this stuff. Like it was only called that somewhere else. So mm. I ended up, yeah, playing it in high school uh, uh, after finding a used copy at the Game Crazy for eleven dollars <laughs> uh, and playing it on an actual Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. Wow. No fa- Thank you so much for showing us the uh, Metal Gear. <laughs> also, my experience is a little bit similar to I did have that game for Nintendo, Metal Gear. I don't have if I have the bots, it's somewhere in my attic. If I have the manual, I have it somewhere in my attic. So I just played it blind, and it is a frustrating game to play without Ooh, yeah. the manual. I imagine because so many Nintendo games did that, like Star Tropics and stuff like that, where you need a manual to like play along. I imagine cool. that one's the biggest case of that because it's a very confusing game. So for a bit, I assure I was sure like two D Metal Gear games were probably just not as good. But then I did play of the time Metal Gear Solid for Game Boy Color in like middle school, high school. I had it for the Game Boy Color as well. I don't know if I rented it alongside uh, Perfect Dark for the Game Boy Color as well, but I remember those were the two big like oh this is a different generation Game Boy Color games that I played. Um, and then, that's yeah, like, interesting. I've never even I've never rented Game Boy games. I know that was back in uh, blockbuster times of like what you could rent, and some of them were like in wow. the in the uh, what should we call it? The Perfect Dark cartridge has like a slot for a AAA battery, I believe, where it can yeah. rumble. Oh. So like obviously didn't come with the battery, but it was like that thing of weird. Like it's different save states. Some other people who played the game, but then you also oh. brought your own. Yeah, way back in the day. 
Blockbuster had a lot of interesting rental things that kind of fell by the wayside. Like you could rent uh, whole consoles back in the day. I did that. I, yeah, I definitely yeah. rented the uh, the N sixty four when yeah. it first came out because um, you know Christmas would be yay, but three months later when it released. I think I rented a Sega Saturn so that I could play yeah. the original yeah. Lunar. Hell I was like, yeah. I want to play Lunar, and it wasn't on PS1 wow. yet, so I rented a Sega Saturn to yeah. play Lunar. Yeah, That might have been a case where if you kept all the systems and just paid the late fees, you would have had to pay a lot less than what you would have to pay now. To I'm have almost positive. <laughs> yeah. Sega Sa- it's weird. Sega Saturns themselves are not that expensive. Yes. But, but if but you want games. a Sega Saturn game from the mm-hmm. United States, mm-hmm. you're going to be paying... A king's ransom for that. Oh, good luck. Yeah, yeah. And, and it won't not. It will not have a case. It will have like a reprinted yeah. like yeah. cover into a jewel mm-hmm. case kind of case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, I just want to bring that up a little bit because yeah, like I think Game Boy Color was of that era of kind of transitional periods of like we're getting into more on consoles even. Like it wasn't until maybe Game Boy Advance would stepped it up a bit, but they were trying to do some stuff. And I think what was interesting about the Metal Gear Solid Game Boy Color game for me was it was originally planned as a port the original ps1 game. yeah it was like wasn't it like konami europe was like hey yes we want metal gear on the game boy and they're like cool we'll do that and then over time they're like yeah that's not actually gonna yeah. work we're gonna make our own game and they were like cool whatever it's this weird kind of almost like like back and back forth uh situation where like the metal gear solid the metal gear 2 game was literally like a uh it was like for MSS, the plot of that almost got translated into Metal Gear Solid for PlayStation 1. Yeah, isn't Where, that what this is? It's kind of like a what if. Like, hey, yeah. like, I know that that's the game that got the kind of written out mm. of the the like, the like canon, I guess you could call the Metal Gear canon. So this was like, hey, what if that didn't get written out? Here's an extension. So it's almost this weird what if story. Yeah. It is, and I think also it's just this interesting thing where, and Jeremy pointed this out, like the original Metal Gear Solid for PlayStation 1 is still top-down enough and still like playing with the elements about that. It's not just the full 3D experience yet, but PS2, yeah, future installments would definitely be more complicated with that, so it wouldn't just be able to be translated. So much of Metal Gear Solid feels like Metal Gear 1 to the point where actually, since it's right here, if you look (laughs) on the back, right up in the top corner right there, yeah. There is a codec call yes. with a mm-hmm. codec number in it that mm-hmm. you'll need to know so you can call someone, which Very... obviously that's one of the notorious things they reused in Metal Gear Solid. Definitely. So lots of that stuff, like it really did feel like he was kind of doing what movies are doing nowadays with like mm-hmm. Jurassic World and Force Awakens and stuff like that, the weird like soft reboot where it's almost like he's like, I'm just gonna remake Metal Gear. Uh, but it's gonna be its own game. But really, in a lot of ways, it's a remake. Uh, just to touch more on the development, that yeah, originally Konami Europe wanted it to be a Game Boy Color version, specifically of Metal Gear Solid. Obviously, it changed up, and when it in that process, they named it uh, Ghost Babel, which is the only uh, which is the name that comes across in Japanese in Europe, but not America. Now you say Babel, Babel, yeah, Babel. and I say I always Babel. say Babel. Yeah, I always just say Babel. But what's ba- where does Babel? Come from. That's like the cheese you eat. Uh, no, oh. I don't know. Cheese. Uh, <laughs> it could go either way. Behind I mean, cheese. Famously, Babel or Babel is the tower of all the uh, languages that got collapsed by God, so we would all be fragmented. So it kind of fits. That's right. Thank you, and, God. 
Yeah, yeah. thanks, God. <laughs> really appreciate it, God. <laughs> Way to go. And then on top of that, if did you notice that uh, the initials Ghost Babel are GB, the same as Game Boy? And oh, I, have a, and I, have a I question, didn't notice that. I have a question for you two. Uh, isn't that fun? <laughs> well, let me think about it. Actually, um, I'm going to need five minutes on this question. Is that right, yeah. Please do. I think, the, you know what? They were ahead of their time because when the DS came out, I don't know, every two out of three games had a D and an S somewhere that in it. That's very true. You go, oh, oh, oh. Advanced Wars literally had two DS yeah. games. Wow. Um, yeah, that's a fun little precursor to that, too. Um, so when they were developing it, Kojima brought on uh, Shinta Nojiri as a character developer. He would later go on to do the Boktai games for Game Boy Advance mm-hmm. and uh, kind of went on from there with Lunar Nights as well. Yeah, uh, so I understand this weird. game. I don't know if you covered this, but I understand this game to be yeah. not a not a proper Kojima-directed game. And no. it's also not in canon. It's like a It's like an alternate... It's a little bit intended, but it's basing it off of kind of the, like, we'll get into this plot, but, like, it's after the events of the first Metal Gear game, but not right. after Metal Gear Solid. Right. Yeah. It'd be like if they made a new novel that took place in the old Star Wars expanded universe. Mm. So it made, it would, like, continue that, but that's not yeah. real anymore. Right. So it wouldn't make sense to anything that is now. That's kind of what this game was. Yeah. And then I believe... uh Hideo still produced this, but the guy yeah. that did Metal Gear Acid directed it. Yes, yeah, and he right, helped on right. Police Knots and stuff too, which yeah. is a is a you know the Kojima game I like. Uh, I know the writer though. The writer is the same guy as the Metal as Metal Gear Solid One and Two, I think. Maybe we can get into this later on, Hearn, but it, do you know of anything particularly that happens in this game that would need to be retconned in order for things to happen in the series later? Like, is there a reason why we can't just at least leave it in our head canon. That's yeah. a good question. Um, I yeah, think one get... very big thing. Ooh. Okay, cool. Well, let, maybe, maybe, right. maybe we save it. Let's <laughs> save it. Let's get into it. Yeah, the, definitely. Yeah. Uh, just to finish up on development, yeah, there were some other things that had to be changed for it a little bit. Um, they had to call it, instead of, snake, instead of snakes smoking cigarettes, to tell about whether or not there were lasers around, he uses a fodder. But they still kept him smoking in the uh, intro. So oh, well. yeah, bro, he's a va- he was vaping back in the yeah. day, dude. dude. A fogger. Yeah, yeah, you can't stop him from it. It, it would be, wouldn't it be cool if, like, instead of calling them vapes, they were called foggers? Yeah. Might be. You ever yeah. tried? I'd fogger? be addicted to them right now if they were called foggers. Yeah. That's very true. <laughs> uh, and then uh, last one, I, last thing about development I want to touch on is again another Japanese and European uh, edition that we didn't get was the, uh, there was a thing in the codec where you could go to a specific channel and listen to a radio play called Idea Spy 2.5. Oh, and, la- and later in the 2000s, Kideo Dijima even had developed it for a podcast that he did. So you could yeah. hear the whole kind of satirical, uh, gnar play almost of a radio play, like an Orson he plays met- He plays Solid Snake in it. Like, he does mm. the voice of Solid Snake in the dumb little radio play. Wow. This is so, crazy. What is this play about? I can't honestly say entirely. I didn't read it all or read it if it's yeah. transcript anywhere. But I've yeah. read it, but I haven't listened to it. I have no mm-hmm. idea how Don't I even have to listen to it. Need the full experience, I bet. Yeah, it is goofy though. It play. It plays like it's a joke. Like not a joke. It plays like it's almost fan fiction. Hmm. It, like mm-hmm. it has a sense of humor about it that f- feels like. Like, it almost makes more sense that we didn't get it than some people did get it because of how silly it is. Gotcha. 
Yeah, that's a wild. That's wild. Yeah, especially for like a Game Boy Color thing to be doing where, you know, oh. you've we played like especially if you played it and heard it, like there's not like voice acting to it or things that can do the full connotations of a radio play, but just to have that additional element is fun. Yeah. Um so upon its release, Ghost Babel received a lot of acclaim. It was very highly rated. IGN gave it a perfect ten more than even uh its original uh Metal Gear Solid PlayStation version. Fumitsu gave it a respectable 31 out of 40. And generally, just like keeps getting ranked whenever like Nintendo Power or IGN does like a top Game Boy game, it ranks very high, usually in the top 10s. Um, Damn! I think, I think that's pretty standard. I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, there are a couple where you could argue like, yeah, the Donkey Kong 94 game is trying to top it, but like for what it does with the system especially, I think it's a pretty respectable title. Huh. I, I think it plays super well. Mm-hmm. Uh, my only issue originally when I played it was that it's on a Game Boy Color screen, which is always that like catch the yeah. light perfectly thing. And unfortunately, there's a couple parts of the game where like colors really matter because it was mm-hmm. a Game Boy Color only yeah. game. Mm-hmm. So I found that years later when I replayed it on a Game Boy Advance SP, it was like way easier to play because I was like looking at what felt like a real screen and not that awful Game Boy Color screen. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big bummer about those um that they never made it like a color version of a like I'm sorry, a, a illuminated backlit version of a Game Boy Color um yeah. system. But yeah, Which is so weird. Let, oh, I was going to say something dumb. Well, let's shit. let's beat out like what is the top 5 Game Boy Color only games? If you mm. were to like do a top 5, it, you know, so let's say this was on it, but then what else would it be? Game Boy Color only. Yeah. I know. I brought up uh, what you would call it, uh, Perfect Dark was one. That, that version was, one. was also kind of a weirdly like adapted top-down version of a 3D game. Yeah. Uh, uh, Pokemon d- Crystal was very, very good. I'm almost yeah, positive that it was uh, Game Boy Color only. I would even accept that where it was like definitely enhanced by the yeah. color. Pokemon Pinball was also Pinball. specifically recalled. Yeah, yeah. Wow, uh, that, was, that was color only, huh? Yeah. Apparently, they had Turok games for Game Boy Tower only. I can't yeah. talk to their quality, but that's an interesting. <laughs> I almost guarantee you they're terrible. But like. All right, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, oh, oh, oh um, uh, Kirby Tilt and Tumble was dope. It oh, was color cool. only, and it had the motion sense stuff. Ooh. That's true. A lot of the Game Boy Tower things were like adding on little gizmos to the like, actual cartridge to do stuff with. Cool. There, there, there is a Resident Evil game, right? That's on Game Boy Color. It's yeah, like you're uh, on a boat. Gaiden. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. That and game, that game looked super good for what it was. Right. I and I think this game, by the way, yeah, looks looks Let's freaking, get into it. Looks freaking oh. great. Yeah, yeah. looks amazing. Looks good. Sounds good. Surprisingly, like I think it does do a lot with the pixel art. The codets look very good. The but even just like the animation of the character, it is had kind of fluidity of like. We brought up when we were talking about Donkey Kong one time that like just the Mario set in Donkey Kong for Game Boy is so surprisingly fluid for a handheld game. And it feels kind of similar here where you can like your physicality can move. It's not locked into a grid. You can press up against walls. You can crawl. Like it feels like you have the same moveset of the PlayStation games. Yeah, it's got a bunch of context sensitive stuff. So it makes mm. good use of the fact that it has like very few buttons. And yeah, it's super fluid. It does not look like some crummy NES game. Uh, Mm -hmm, Lots of like frames of everything you're doing. Uh, I I think outside of like 
one room in the end with like the electric puddles sometimes there's too many guards there but other than that i can't think yeah. of anything where it feels like it runs poorly yeah i i replayed this emulated and so ran pretty smooth but even back when i had it on the game boy color i definitely felt pretty all right like i don't think it stalled i think it might have even played better than the nintendo game that i was familiar with Yeah, um, I played this um, for this show on a GBA through an EverDrive, uh, like a whoa. like a like a you know SD card catch-all ROM yeah. thing, and I, uh, I yeah, I was like b- pretty blown away with just like how good Snake looked. You know, his yeah. run animation is really cool, and yeah, I mm. mean, you know, I don't know. We can get I'll you know, Hearn, I'll let you lead us into whatever you want us to talk about, like visual specifically. But I have quite a bit. I mean, this would be a good space for it. Like, yeah, like, I think there's a good difference between animation of the actual pixel art running around mm-hmm. and then the cutscenes and the toadettes and the things that make it like a true Metal Gear experience where there is a story being charted on are like really elegantly composed, surprisingly. Like, there's even like in the cutscenes, there's like movement of camera, of like yeah. framing and stuff where it is like that's even if Kojima didn't specifically direct it, you can kind of sense the same idea of like they're making a movie out of this like game and this story. That's very yeah, it doesn't cool. feel it doesn't feel nerfed because it's on a Game Boy. Mm-hmm. They could have just had everything be in the in-game view of stuff, um, but they didn't. They went the extra mile for the codex. They made the codex look really, really good, yeah. which is also kind of hard because it's basically three tone, and that would be it would be really easy to have that look messy. Uh, and then yeah, like you said, the cutscenes all they actually they remind me of like old PC engine cutscenes, just yeah, like yeah. they don't look as good because there's like not a ton of movement, but there's more detail and obviously more color. And it really like they do a whole lot with what like very little they have to work with. And I, I that's that stands out a lot as far as like any other Game Boy Color games at the time. Yeah, well, I was I was actually wondering about that because it was like, again, I don't have a ton of experience with Game Boy Color stuff. And I was like, you know, I knew it to be a half step between the GBA and the old Game Boy. So I was kind of like, well, yeah, is this kind of what games look like in this sort of weird middle that's like not 16-bit at all, but definitely more eight than 8-bit stuff. It's like definitely in this weird sort of hybrid. And I thought that, yeah, like you said, the attention to detail in the cutscenes, some little bit of frames of animation there that they had, and then just like, um, yeah, and then just, of course, the color part of the Game Boy Color thing was pretty... Yeah. Uh, I like, I mean, I'm even looking at frames of the bosses now and they all have their own like color tones, you know, they're all set to the backdrop of a different color and they all have their own little themes. Um, Yeah. To me, the game just really works. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's definitely full of character to like help drive it through. Cause like you could argue that the gameplay is a little simple at times or that there's some of like the token puzzle elements here and there. But I think just in terms of like, we're going to make each boss stand out so that it feels really momentous when you conquer one or each level kind of has a different scheme here and there. It's like, it really helps it along. And I think that was a really good gaming design philosophy behind it. It's remarkably ambitious for a handheld title. True. uh, Because you can tell that as they were designing this game, they didn't necessarily design it as a handheld title. They kind of just designed a game and then scaled it down to the handheld, which is probably a smart way to do something like this because you don't want it to feel like, oh, this is some throwaway mobile version of this big interesting game series i like 
Which I think it was a good move then to then move it away from it being just a repeat of Metal Gear Solid. I like that mm-hmm. it's its own story. And yeah. I like that across the board with any mobile game. So it's a, always a bummer, right, when like the mobile game is supposed to just be the console version of it. Especially yeah. as somebody who maybe, let's say, I owned the console that the game was on yeah. too. And it's like, well, I would never play the portable version then because it's just yeah. like, why would I do that? Um, I do... Uh, I, I will say too, as somebody who I don't know, Hern, you didn't say what your experience was with the MSX games. Do you do you have any? I didn't really play them until the uh, PS2 version of Snake Eater with Subsistence, where it had the ports on it, were with. Mm-hmm. And I still never, again, sort of similar to you, I delved in them for a couple hours, didn't like to see them all the way through. Yeah. And from what little I dabbled, like the original Metal Gear for MSX is still kind of like the same vein of the one for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit fuddling to me, but. But the second one felt like a step up closer to almost a Game Boy Color game of like they added so many more interesting elements of how it tells its story, of yeah. like the dynamic gameplay development and all that stuff. Like it was closer. And I, honestly, if I have to go back and replay one of them, I did, do want to try to beat that one. But specifically, uh, like in, yeah. in, in the MSX game, the second one, so Solid yeah. Snake. Um, yeah. There is like they add all these new mechanics to the game that yeah. you see in Metal Gear Solid directly, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like like the um, the idea that you're going to get spotted and there's going to be a cooldown period, right? Like that yeah. gets introduced. Then there's also the crawling. Uh, it was is not in the first game. It is like the idea of like you getting on the floor and crawling under stuff or crawling away from mm-hmm. stuff. And then also like in the original game for both MSX and NES, I believe that like the guards didn't have a like a wave that they could see. They they could only see in the tile set in front of them. So oh, wow. So like, like you, you can, can be right below yes, them and yeah. they're looking at to you the and they'll right. just walk right past you. Yeah, and they'll walk right past you and then or you could just like wait and then as they walk by you, you can just punch up and then and yeah. knock them out. But in they introduced with Solid Snake, like the like the wave uh, like the yeah. of their vision, their cone of vision, yeah, and that's and that carries over into this. So to me, this game is a pretty good analog to that second MSX game. Like they feel, they feel very similar. They have a similar look. This game's more colorful, but that game has more like textures and stuff because yeah. it's on yeah. like an actual console. So there's a little give and take there. But um, yeah, it seems like they they really took a lot of what they learned from that second game and threw it kind of into this Game Boy Color context. No, definitely. And I mean that's a good context too about like this is Metal Gear Solid is like famously very stealth heavy heavy game and like a lot of 3d when i think of a lot of stealth games i think of a lot of 3d games like thief and this and uh don't think too much of like the 2d elements and i feel like that's a harder needle to thread which i think at least like you're even saying like when two started introducing different elements different dynamics is when it steps up i feel like the game boy tower game definitely gets to play with it um, it even judges you on each level how well you did in terms of stealth. Yeah, which, which by the way, after I like cleared the first me. area, it just <laughs> said terrible. Like yeah. <laughs> I was expecting to get like mongoose or caterpillar or like an animal, right? In yeah. keeping with this, the theme, it just said literally terrible. terrible. And I was See, like, says, wow. Fuck you yeah, at the bottom. Yeah. You're like, what the hell? <laughs> what the heck am I... Yeah. See me after class. I'm like, what? I have to yeah. go. To- no. Uh, that being very- said, I, w- I was yeah, I was bad at this game. Not you know, <laughs> at least, especially at first, because I I didn't know yeah. kind of like what systems I could exploit and which ones yeah. I couldn't. You know, it was hard to kind of yeah. tell like what well, what does this game expect of me? You know. Yeah. Uh, I think another strength of this game was that uh, kind of you speaking to all the consistency of it, reminding you of old stuff, is that they didn't farm this out and. uh 
I mean, even to this day, it's a pretty common practice to go, cool, mobile game, someone else makes that. And back in the day, this was extra common because being familiar with console hardware did not mean you were familiar with handheld hardware. Mm -hmm. They were very, very different. The top to bottom, you're doing different stuff. You're designing them differently. You're creating them differently. The scope of a project, it's all different. And so usually there were studios that commonly you worked with for that stuff. And it's, I, obviously not all of the development was done in-house, but a lot of it was done with people that were familiar with other Metal Gear games, had worked on other Metal Gear games. And I think you see that consistency in stuff you were saying, Jeremy, about how much it reminds you of them building off of games that they're not even sure if anyone played. I mean, that was the weird thing is this yeah. game was being made because of Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Metal, like Hideo made Metal Gear Solid because of his old games, but those games had been forgotten. They were not legendary. They were not classics. They became classics after Metal Gear Solid became a huge hit. Right. So, like, it's it's impressive that they had people involved back when this was not a series that people had, like, stars in their eyes about. And they went back and still got the same people to be involved so that that consistency feels like a through line even before a through line mattered. I agree with that. And I think that it, the idea of consistency across the series is really important, right? And even though this game is definitely. sort of, is sort of quote unquote retconned, it's still, it, it definitely is a Metal Gear game. It has all the same trappings of a Metal Gear game. It's got the rogues gallery of a Metal Gear. I mean, there's just everything about it is just very Metal Gear y, so to speak. And it's like, yeah. um, it's so, you know, I, usually when you hear like a thing is retconned, it's like, oh, yeah, well, it's because it doesn't it doesn't fit with the other stuff at all. So um, that's not, that doesn't seem to be the case here anyway. No, No, not at all. Definitely not. I feel like it's still a celebrated title. It's just the one of like, if you were going to ask your friends like, Hey, you know, so if you were going to hypothetically make a games club about metal gear solid, the series, and you were like, Hey, how many people want to go back and play this one? I think only two other people would agree to that. Uh, yeah. yeah. I feel like three people's hands would go up and they'd go up yeah. slowly and they'd be looking around like they, it was a trap. Yeah. Like, no one really? Seriously? Yeah. Well, it's like, again, it's like, I like freak stuff and this is kind yeah. of a freak thing. You know, it's not like, like you say, it's celebrated. And I almost, in a weird, weird way, I'm like, I kind of wish it was more celebrated because it's Definitely. like, you know, it was like, it's a rare game and it was yeah. marketed super weird because it was called Metal Gear Solid. So yeah. anyone would have just thought, oh, okay, so it's some crummy mobile version of the game. Like, they wouldn't also, I don't know, this is the perfect time, but do you guys remember the magazine ads for this game? They were fucking batshit insane. No, I I would Okay, I'm going to read you. I pulled this up because it's something I remembered. There is a... There was a big ad I remember in a Nintendo Power. It's like the whole top is this like fan art looking picture of metal of like Solid Snake, like surrounded by flames. And Uh okay, I'm going to read you this. This is a real ad in a real Nintendo Power. When you're in the middle of a firestorm with the fire, with the free world counting on you to single handedly foil a terrorist nuclear nightmare kickball starts to seem a little silly <laughs> that's awesome and, like if i i sh- i'm sure if you google uh like ghost babble kickball ad you can see it and it then it's just a couple screenshots at the bottom it's this baffling ad that makes no sense no one would look at this and be like wow i want to play that because it just Whoa. doesn't and it's like that the the nature of the ad also seems like it's marketing to young people 
that it is then also simultaneously con like condescending to. Yeah. So right. I don't know who they expected to read this and be like, wow, this game's for me. Did wow. someone at Konami have a grudge about making football games or something? That's very wild. I looked it up too, like when you were saying this. I found it on eBay. I can buy myself a poster of it for 14 bucks. <laughs> it's Isn't tempting. it crazy? It like, is. you look at this thing and you're like, this was real? This is a real magazine and ad? And it's like the screenshots look good for its time, too, especially for Game Boy Color. It's like, oh, cool, there's the fight with Metal Gear. That was awesome. Like, they didn't need uh -huh. to be so snotty. It's weird. Yeah, it's a baffling ad. And it, so this it, just in general, yeah. that's why I feel like this game's so rare, is people mm. either thought it was a straight remake yeah. of Metal Gear Solid, because right. its name, or they saw this ad and thought, I would never play this. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say this, that, like, um... First of all, A, that reads like a post 9-11 ad, which is crazy because it's a pre-9-11 ad. Definitely so, pre. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like name dropping the idea of terrorists, not the most popular thing pre-9-11. So that's a that's a, that's like really an interesting like copy, yeah. like ad copy. Also, um the uh the the whole like the whole like uh porting to mobile fatigue or like or yeah. like um or like using like a popular series or like god forbid like a um like a uh, what? What's it called when you make like tailspin the game? It's like the the games are oh, called like a like yeah. a uh, oh my god! I, I know uh, what do I a fr yeah? It's like a it's like a franchise that you're oh my god! A game you did you of. forgot and it stole the name from I, my I brain. Stole the name from everyone's brain. Hurt, help us out here. What's it called? Uh, when they make a uh, oh my god! What is happening, Hurt, Jerry? Quick. What did you do to quick. me? Uh -oh. When they what's the concept like when they it's it's yeah. it's like a it's like a, a a game about uh tailspin what's that called it's called a like a game that's based like, on like an existing oh property. like a franchise like yeah a, but but what's the they call it it's called, uh, it's called a oh my god <laughs> this is gonna I'm gonna melt I'm I'm gonna like turn into a puddle right I'm now out. I'm freaking out okay it it. A, a license game. A license. Yes. Yes. Jesus. A license. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Right. Thank you. Okay. Oh. When they make a license game fatigue was in full swing by the year 2000. Yeah. You got to remember oh, that's yeah. the 16 bit era pretty much destroyed the idea that licensed yeah. games would even be good at all. Like they were so much crap on the Super Nintendo and Genesis. Yeah. Um, that like yeah by this time i wouldn't have tried i wouldn't have tried a game like this you know what i mean well, there's I a reason been... why games like the disney games that were good are classics because yeah. it was someone going hey capcom yeah make a good game based on our license which was so rare right. that those games became good because every other license thing was dog shit yeah. and right. so people like just avoided it like the plague Right. And and so like yeah, so cut to, you know, I have my Game Boy. I'm going to buy titles like Kirby or Pokémon or Zelda's games like mm -hmm. designed for the thing. I'm not going to buy um like uh Independence Day, the the yeah. ga the Game Boy game. You know what I mean? So like and so even a game like this, like or like say like Mortal Kombat on the Game Boy. It's like I'm yeah. not buying that because that's clearly going to be a, a really shitty bad version of that thing yes. so I, I think kids probably in the early 2000s you know just didn't didn't trust yeah. it as much and and that might have been another reason why it wasn't um didn't maybe sell super well do we know how this game sold sold uh i sold. have no idea because like i said i i had a hard time finding it anywhere so yeah i gotta imagine i couldn't have been the only person in that predicament like trying like hell to find this game i actively wanted to play hmm Right. Yeah. Yeah. For right now, it is at least rare enough that like a full pre-owned copy or an open box is like two hundred bucks on eBay. So jeez, it is, I know. And um, sealed five hundred. It looks like jeez, jeez. Uh, um, 
yeah, I don't know. I rem- I would have assumed it did well to, just as critically it did very well, but I wouldn't be able to tell you. I'm looking for uh, prices, and it's just coming up basically about how I'm much I'm going to guess costs. that it critically did well. And- yeah. Yeah, I'm going to guess it that critically would- did well and that it didn't do well sales. I think that's probably my guess as well because the fact that it's so hard to find any information probably yeah. means that the information isn't there because it's Got not buried a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It pro- and again, it probably did better, way better in Japan and Europe than it did in America where it was, mm-hmm. again, against its sales point, it was sold as Metal Gear Solid in America as opposed to yeah. this is another entry in the series you love or yeah. it, this is the yeah like alternate spinoff or something. Or, you uh, know, if they had marketed it as Ghost Babble to a lot of Metal Gear Solid fans, that would have meant this is the sequel to your yeah. game. You know, even yeah. though it's not, it would have telegraphed, like, this is the new Metal Gear yeah. game. It just happens to be on a Game Boy Color. Well, and then also at the time, PlayStation was, it was like an adult console. Like, mm. that was a thing that wasn't, a, like, people with Super Nintendos that were adults were like, oh, you have that toy? You have that toy? And then, <laughs> like, when the PlayStation came out, it was not weird for adults to own them, for mm-hmm. college kids to own them. But yeah. a Game Boy and a Game Boy Color were still looked at as something that like a kid would have. So even mm-hmm. people that were a fan of a, a mature game that mm-hmm. was in 3D on the console that it wasn't weird for them to own, they're not necessarily looking for a Game Boy title of point. something because they're just like, Definitely. that's not for me. My little, I'll find it for my little brother. Like, they're not looking for it for themselves. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's a very good point to this. Yeah, that definitely was. And, and if we remember back from that time, too, it was like the tides of games were changing in such a way yeah. that like we nobody wanted to play kitty games or games on kid consoles. Like, yeah, every marketing solution was just like, yeah, the new new Nintendo system, the GameCube is all about it's all about fucking Mario goes to jail and Metroid's yeah. in 3D and Resident Evil's coming back and you know it's Kirby said the N word yeah, and all the yeah, yeah, like, yeah. whoa yeah crazy oh man took a while for Kirby to come back but uh, <laughs> but no similar to what you're saying like the condescending ad that's like oh kickball whatever it's like yeah kids probably did want to play kickball on the PlayStation probably wanted yeah. to play a wrestling game on the PlayStation more than they mm-hmm. wanted to play a Game Boy car game no matter how actually good or mature it turned out to be. Yeah. So it's an interesting dynamic there. Look at us. People thought that this was going to be a boring conversation. No. <laughs> we're out here fucking spinning a yarn right yeah, now. We're, we're doing the it. work. We're doing yeah. the work. Yeah, listener, step up. We're doing the work for you. <laughs> All right. I think we got to do it to start on like the development and everything about the game. Let's go into the plot, the real uh, sticky wicked of it all, because... <laughs> From what I can tell, why did you call it the Sticky Wick? Wicked, a Sticky, sticky Wicket hit. It's a, a Sticky Wicket. It's a British phrase. Ah. It's like, I guess like a Wicket that would be sticky and therefore kind of annoying to use. You know. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, I won't go mental about it. So thank you. Uh, Please don't. <laughs> How? Thank you, baby. All right. Uh, so. So again, wait. Is that I a British out, thing? I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to think of a good. Uh, Austin Powers phrasing. But ah, I just, gotcha. I just yeah, went yeah. with just you know all groovy. Mm-hmm. Everyone uh, loves when you do Austin Powers impressions without the voice. You right. just say the <laughs> yeah. words. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, baby. do I yeah. make? Yeah. Do I make you Randy? Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Do I uh, make you horny, baby? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, hey, I'm that's my bad. Suddenly, I'm a creep now because <laughs> <laughs> I got kicked out of the supermarket again for doing my Austin Powers impression. <laughs>
less based on the uh, Metal Gear Solid canon, more on the original Metal Gear canon, because it's set five years after the event of the Outer Heaven Uprising, which is apparently the original Metal Gear game plot, not the Metal Gear Solid one. Mm -hmm. um, and basically, this game starts with the Metal Gear uh, being flown over South America, but it gets shot down and crashes, and you have to go and find it. Uh, Thought Sound, led by Roy Campbell, uh, hires you to do this, and there are only four survivors known about uh, the remainders of Fought Sound. They are Marionette Al, Pyron Basin, Pyron Bison, pardon me, Slasher Hawk, and the group commander Black Arps Viper, the Swerve Revenge. Mm. Uh, and, it, and talking about the characters, even when I rewatched uh, a little bit of Metaller streaming the Metal Gear Solid for PlayStation, I recognized some of them are kind of almost palette swap, like changing up of the bosses right. of Metal Gear Solid. But kind of by doing that for like, oh, we have to reinvent them for Game Boy Color, they do have like different touch, like different contexts to these characters that are kind of fun and they delve into. Like, Marion Owl was like a, a serial killer. Who, like, yeah, he would, he took, and the, his dolls were made of like yeah. pieces of his victims. And yes. I think that like they let him join after the FBI caught him or something like that, I believe. Whoa. Yeah, like if you get into the canon of this, it's really dark and weird stuff like that sometimes. Whereas when you're playing the boss fight, you're like shooting and just trying to avoid three different extra yeah. enemies. <laughs> and then uh, Pyron Bison was kind of like a like the boss in Metal Gear Solid 1 that had the big turret gun and was running around. Vulcan, Vulcan Rain. Vulcan Rain. And, and then Slasher Hawk, an indigenous villain. With like a hawk that would throw at you, and you would have to throw grenades at him to blow him up. Which and is also because he's Australian. Oh, Australian, nice. my bad. Uh, well, well, I think he was indigenous Australian. I just sworn there was like a little bit about like him an Aborigine is what yes. it is. But yeah, yeah, that's why they gave him the boomerang. Yeah. yeah. But he took because like when you defeat him and he has like his dying monologue, he has that talk about like you white men, you like you call these boomerangs. I know what they're yeah. really called. Like you took our land from us, and I'm like, damn, this is <laughs> this is dark to be seen on my Game Boy Color screen right now. Like literally dark, you can't see it because the yeah. Game Boy yeah, Color like, screen. Uh, hello? Yeah, you miss yeah. you miss his big speech because you're just yeah. doing this a lot. That must uh, be why I wasn't like uh, like traumatized as a kid playing this. I just didn't see it. But yeah, seeing it now, like I was like, damn, this game got uh, real for a sudden. There's like it's it looks like some of these villains are are like a little bit of like you, they're not exactly one to one analogs. Some no. of them they looks like they're kind of built out of this Metal Gear Solid one villains like almost like combination style like yeah. like what's his name like like Slasher Hawk is mm -hmm. also kind of like Vulcan Raven like Vulcan Raven yeah. used birds and is yeah. an indigenous person too like um and then like Pyro but then obviously Pyro Bison is also very much like Vulcan Raven yeah. and then like. And Sophie Nidram is like definitely what the sniper wolf of the yeah group? yeah the one that you have to take from afar yeah yeah and yeah. then what and then what do you have like the marionette person who's clearly yeah, like a the, the psycho, psycho man mantis, mantis. Yeah. yeah but then to me well, well, what's his name Black Arts Viper is also a little yeah. psychomantis style yeah they they it's clear that they probably had like the mechanical yeah. side of them based on when they Definitely. were still making an mgs1 but they tried to give them their own personality and their own like mm. art direction and aesthetic that made it truly feel unique even if maybe the mechanics felt very familiar yeah well, again uh in metal gear sod one it's the boss uh who has the laser fight that you revolver ocelot was very mm -hmm. similar to how you fight the uh, viper character in one of the yeah levels so i mean they were definitely doing a little bit of a transition of how do we change this to 2d and some of it because it's all top down it's really easy to do but they were still like 
to make it a whole new plot, they changed up a good amount. They even have different like side characters. Um, one of the side characters you discover is Jimmy Hart's uh, nicknamed Jimmy the Wizard, which according to this uh, fan Wikipedia is a possible reference to the movie based on the Super Mario Brothers Free. Which I think is a bit of a stretch. I'm Wait, like, what? Yeah, what? What's his name? Like Jimmy Harks? Oh. Jimmy Harks, a.k.a. Jimmy the Wizard. But he's like a teenage kid you pick yeah. up who's arrested and detained in Baybell. Yeah. And, well, and he designed Metal Gear, so yeah, call him a wizard because he's young. Like it, yes. It, that, it feels like that's Chad why Wiz. they call him that, not because of yeah. the wizard. Yeah. Also, yeah, they, how funny is it that the <laughs> the main female protagonist's name is Chris Jenner? Yeah, it's, oh, it's wow. insane. Which is crazy, too, because Chris Jenner is cool. And then, like, you want to talk about him now, and he's like, nah, I don't want to talk about Chris Jenner, like, yeah. but the name. Can I just, yeah. can I call her Christina Jenner? <laughs> Christine Jenner, her original oh, nationality. Yeah. Wow. Not just doing so, a lot of help there. Yeah. Of a well, time. Yeah. And and some of the hitter hitters are bad. Obviously, Roy Campbell and then May Lane's in there. Like a little bit here and there of like the Metal Gear solid teams there. Yeah. I, I liked the new characters. I think yes. I think both your allies and the enemies. It yeah. feels every bit as good of a cast, in my opinion, as any other Metal Gear game. I would argue it's a better cast than Metal Gear Solid 3's uh, villains and uh, allies personally. Damn. They it's it's strange because like with Metal Gear Solid Three, they definitely it's like they it's like they did all the design work to make cool villains without giving you the backstories to any mm-hmm. of them to make you care about them as much as you did in any of the previous games. So yes, like, mechanically I, they're interesting. Yeah, but it feels like they were designed by a game designer and then no one wrote anything about them. I know, which is yeah. kind of a bummer because like they have like they're all co- named after like cool ideas and then like especially the this grandpa sniper guy in three yeah. is great but then again it's like it's like well what is he and who does he what does he do where did he come from you, you know yeah. you feel like you're learning about the beauty and the beast brigade you feel like you're learning about the defect foxhound guys in metal year one you feel like you're learning about like uh, all uh what are they called the people in metal gear saw two what was their name dead cell dead like cell you're, you're, yeah. you feel like you hear about them and learn about them and in three i kind of feel like they just kind of like they came up with a lot of clever Metal Gear stuff, and then Hideo did all his fun little goofy video game subversion stuff. But they didn't do anything. They they was all purely mechanical. Yeah, like nothing else. And this game, at least, again, they kind of try to introduce them with backstories, and they tease them early on. And then when you meet them, like like Hearn said at the end, some of them have their little monologue speech about themselves, and like mm-hmm. you really feel like they're characters more, yeah. in my opinion, than even the, the the Metal Gear Three people. Yeah, I mean, I can confirm. I just played through Metal Gear Three uh, for the podcast again, and like, yeah, it's just it, it just isn't there. Um, they give you a lot on certain characters, but as yes. far as like the main cast, the main rogues gallery that you face off against, they might as well, you know, they they do a disservice to them by just like not like. Like the characters should always be like in Metal Gear Solid One, right? Where there's like a little bit of mystery, but you get a little bit of backstory, and then mm-hmm. maybe you get a big reveal once they die, right? That's like that's a really good formula for Metal Gear Solid games. Yeah. Is in and, three, they're they're Mega Man bosses. They're yeah, like totally. A, a character you look at, and they do a thing, and then they're gone. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and then like you know, and then they would continue. To, even four has really great stuff in there about all their rogues yeah. gallery, yes. you know. So it's. You know, it's like a weird thing about that game in particular, which I don't get, because I also I do find those bosses to look cool and have cool 
mechanics. Like, like I think there's one guy named like the the fear, and he's just like a weird lizard man, and he kind of like <laughs> jumps around and sticks his tongue <laughs> yeah. out a lot, and you're like, what's his deal? And it's like, no, nah, we don't know. Uh, but. Um, but yeah, the uh, with with here you do have you do have quite a bit of like, it's got that Metal Gear Solid One vibe to their mm-hmm. to the to the to the villains, which I you know, it's classic, yeah. very much so. No, definitely. And I mean, there's always even tit for tat in the side characters. The obviously being the Toadette that you can always call, but even like your interactions with Jimmy, the kid who's like a little snot nosed kid. When you're just when you're literally there breaking him out of jail, he's like still a little shit to you, and it's like <laughs> that's a little fun dynamic. Kind of. Well, yeah, he doesn't feel like, oh, I'm this game's Otacon. Like, technically, he is. Yeah. But they don't make him just be like, okay, what? What if Otacon was someone else? It really feels like its own character with a lot Mm. of these things. Yeah, and I mean, I don't have any knowledge of how it was translated or how it came across in Europe and Japan, but at least someone somewhere in the team was like, we should differentiate it a bit so it's not just one to one. I mean, it shows. Hundred percent. Yeah, there's like definitely, um, yeah, and yeah, because I guess he wouldn't have met Otacon yet, huh? No. This is this is nope. pre Metal Gear Solid. No. Yeah, oh. yeah, at least in the uh, timeline, it is. Um, huh. But it it also yeah, I forget how. Uh, in the saying of Outer Heaven from Metal Gear, was it South America specifically, or is this the new South, South America? America? South, South America Africa. is that where Outer Heaven is. Outer Heaven was in South Africa, well, and this this is also South Africa. Never mind. Dindra Liberation Front. Yeah, I see the information. Where oh, it's okay. like, it gets shot back down in there. I was about to say maybe there was a different setting situation, but they do change up the settings within the game a little bit, but it's still kind of within the same uh, element there. Um, but yeah, basically, Metal Gear is being claimed by this, te- by this uh, rebel group called the Dindra Liberation Front, uh, led by a general, Augustine Edwabon, and it's about to be used to cause a nuclear war basically and solid snake is coming out of retirement for one last mission to destroy it uh it was mm-hmm. the area it's called their fortress Goad. it was formerly outer heaven so yeah it's absolutely 101 and then um where they destroyed yeah, like built on so the ruins of it a, i think yeah very much a return home for uh for solid snake to do again um just for skimming through, because also a lot of this is active, like you're going in the territory, fighting people. Yeah, you're contacted by Delta Force operative Chris Jenner, who told Snake that Delta Force had been ambushed and massacred by the mercenary group Black Chamber, where she was the only survivor. And you, and this is also a fun bit, too, of like the 2D. You have to meet up with Chris Jenner, who's disguised as one of the uh, guards, and you can only identify yeah. her through her hair and a cap. Uh, I believe it's a red cap too. If we want to, yeah, it's red, which is fun because Game Boy Color. Yeah, they're like, hey, let's find a way to use the color, and it's like, again, it feels so simple and silly now, but at the time it was like, oh wow, like what a cool thing. Yeah, makes you feel like a genius, you know. Mm -hmm. I used color recognition to beat this game. Uh, (laughs) So you find, you do. True genius. That's where it. That's where it also leads you to after you kind of collaborate with her to find out where the chief engineer Jimmy Hartz is arrested and like break him out of prison. Uh, but as you rush him, like the Metal Gear has already fired notes uh, or no, wait, no, it hasn't yet. Uh, you have to, yeah, kind of skimming through the plot a little bit because it is pretty convoluted, admittedly, but it is like it keeps each stage going along. Each sort of mission kind of leads you down a new like plot point. Um, 
But basically, right. it's kind of by the time you're like gathering everything, like things have been moving on without you, which it really does make you feel a scale of like Metal Gear has already been broken out and it's been like kind of piloted to be used. And while you've been like underground and like trying to rescue people and everything. Uh, yeah. And by the time you lead out, uh, the Black Chamber's leader is is in a helicopter, a Black Arp Sniper, and the Metal Gear has Yeah, fired that part did not change much. Uh, like, yeah. it's just a hind D. It's just, a, like, it's a so, like, yeah, it's so clear that they're just, yeah. like, doing that. Like, every once in a while you have those moments where you're like, yeah, this was originally a Metal Gear Solid remake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, 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 uh, and also, which, again, like, isn't, like, you know, it, it isn't the end. It isn't the worst idea in the world to just because I, I I feel like Metal Gear Solid Two is a Metal Gear Solid One remake in some in some yes. regards as well. You know, yeah. just with some different, just in kind of a different format, different generation, different bells and whistles. Yes. Uh, and then you know, there, there's there's kind of a meta theme inside baked into Metal Gear where they can do that. They can kind of rehash yes. old things over and over again because. Oh, it's now yeah. it's the 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 Patriots are pulling the strings. The Lale Lule Lo is you know, yeah. and they just sort of they can kind of just kind of keep almost telling the same story again and again. Um, but it's a it's a tale that I enjoy being told over and over again. Right? Yeah. It's like yes. a it's like a it's like a familiar format. I like seeing like oh yeah, what would be the Game Boy Color's take on fighting a Metal yeah. Gear or a Hind D or you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. well, even the Metal Gear in this game, if I remember correctly, uh, Gander I think is what it's yeah, called. Yeah, Gander. It is based on like concept art made by Shinkawa, like the artist that everyone thinks of when they see Metal Gear stuff. Mm-hmm. When he was doing concept art of Metal Gear Rex, mm. that ended up it, it ended up turning into Metal Gear Rex. But they used his early concept art to create Metal Gear Gander based off it. So even that, it's like a fun little like wink and a nod to like, oh, how about our Metal Gear is the first version this guy drew of that Metal Gear. That's uh, cool. That, that yeah. turned into something else. Like it's a fun thing that obviously they don't make that clear in the game. But when you learn that, it's like yeah. a fun, cool thing. Yeah, it's the thing about Kojima, right? Which is like, you know no matter what you think of the guy, he uses every part of the Buffalo. He uses every single thing he's ever made. He like, well, it'll come back. It'll bring it back in some sort of way, even if it's a joke or even if it's a small little thing, like the guy who shits a Metal Gear Solid one becomes a huge, a huge part of the story of Metal Gear Solid four. He gets to marry Meryl. Yeah, I know. It's It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Ern, how's your internet doing? looks like it's chopping. Oh, it is for me. Um, for a little bit there, yeah. Okay, hopefully it's a little better now. So far, I'm fine. I've been hearing you guys the entire time, so nice. I'm okay good. now. Good, good. Oh, Hell yeah. Um, but just to also touch on that, it does play a little bit with the like paranoia of it, too, because one of the plot points that comes up after this is who is Viper, and there are some ruminations that it's Chris in that data, because like, Chris has been off the codec for a little bit, and they're assured of that by that, and there's even a kind of a Metal Gear Solid free moment where you have a chance to kill someone mm. and you don't. But in, yeah. it, it's not Metal Gear Solid free in the sense that you control it, but it is like that's part of the plot where it almost looks like that'll be part of the because it's not even in a uh, cut scene. It's you as the pixel solid snake doing the uh, cuts like the dialogue text. It's really interesting. Yeah, very, very cool and ahead of its yeah. time for an old game like that. Definitely. Uh, yeah. So during that par- yeah, during the paranoia when they were like getting out, also at one point, um, do do do, 
yeah, like you're bringing down the power plant, you destroy thing. That puzzle was a little crazy too, where you had to like find oh. all the pillars to destroy. Talking about, some I of the- hate that. Well, and it's random too because I played yeah. it a couple times and it's oh, not wow. always the oh, it same. Oh, switches up. Yeah, Dang. weird. There are a couple weird puzzles like that because I remember yeah. I want to say it's it's level six or seven where there's that puzzle in the beginning where you have to hit the consoles to get the doors to open, and then you walk through it again, and the next time the consoles don't work. And I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to get through this? And then if you stay there long enough, a guard just walks through, and you're like, oh, you just walk through them. They're just like, they're just there. Like, And that's so, it's so Metal Gear for them to do that, to be like, hey, let's trick them. But then also if they wait long enough, someone will just walk through and they can feel like an asshole. That feels like... like a couple things like that in this game. That feels like a very Kojima prank. Yeah, there very was very much. When I re I for the Zelda Game Club, I played the two Oracle games, and they had kind of those kind of like color coded puzzles that kind of was like I get why they're doing it for Game Boy Color, and I also get why for handheld. It's like this is the puzzle part that'll pad it out a bit. They did that with the conveyor belt, where you have the three different uh, yeah. cardboard boxes that you can hide in that moved you along to different areas. And you had to figure out that maze a little bit. And that was another kind of like weird little handheld puzzle part of Taurus Fane. But at least it didn't overstay its welcome. It was like that yeah. one area really. And then you moved on. But And it's trying to take advantage of the hardware. Yeah. Like you, like the, these all admittedly are simple in retrospective. But at the time, it was them being like, let's justify this new hardware with little things that make mm. it matter. Yeah. I think that that's... Um that's also sort of a theme with Metal Gear in general. It's like it's like, oh, we're on a new system. We're gonna pull some snort, sort of new. We're gonna we're gonna see what we can do here to sort of I don't know subvert the audience's expectations with like the thing that they're playing it on. And um, it's cool to see it's cool to see them do that with the Game Boy Color as well. You know, like I I I like that. And also the whole game doesn't overstay its welcome because it's a portable game. You know what I mean? Like yes. it's like it's it's very it's a very quick play and then like on top of that, you know, I feel like I feel like that it, that's what it has in common with Metal Gear Solid 1. And I think that's why Metal Gear Solid 1 is my favorite. It's because it's such a lean game, you know? It's like it's like yes. it's like it's like a quick play. There's only one real troublesome part in the whole game where you have to backtrack through the entire Shadow Moses, yeah. but other than that, it's like it's like pretty straightforward. You you rarely ever get stuck on something. Um you can and be then, in like five hours if you've played yeah. it before and you just know where to go. Like it's Easy. real. If, yeah. not, if not less than that, you can just kind of fly through it. Yeah, it's great. It's a breeze um, or challenging if you want to knock up the di- the difficulty. Uh, unlike, you know, you, some of my problems with the later games in the series, they, they keep just adding more mechanics, more things, more things, more things. And, and that simplistic sneaking mission yeah game that i like so much suddenly doesn't look very similar to me anymore like so like middle gear solid i think from three on pretty much have this thing where it's just like oh yeah this is cool but i always i kind of wish i was playing the first two games or whatever where they're very a lot more dumbed down yeah Yeah. no definitely and i mean part of that's the age of it but also in its handout limitations but it's also it's still doing as much as it can with those limited uh mechanics um Oh, yeah, it's doing more than enough. Like, it could have just been a remake of the first one. It could have looked like the first one. It could have, they could have done that and no one would have been mad, but they didn't. It really does feel like this game took advantage of the hardware and not just of the color, which a lot of Game Boy Color games felt like they were just, oh, it's that game, but in color, Mm -hmm. where (laughs) to the point where some people didn't realize that the Game Boy Color was like, like technically a better piece I of did, hardware. I didn't know that growing up. I yeah. that was yeah. it was never marketed that way, so I never, never. Kn- I never knew. I never knew and why this game it, took yeah. advantage of that. Yeah. 
All right. So I'm just curious to uh, my two. You said that at one point there is definitely something in the plot that would have to be retconned out of the solid. Uh, I'm just curious if this is where I'm leading to eventually is that um, we find out like there's some rumination of who Viper is. Even uh, James, the kid, dies because his hand his handcuffs blow up so it kills him before he can kind of reveal who he is his handcuffs blow which is up. that's what it says here i i didn't know that was the contents but it is kind of like i guess that would have to be the way because he's like in uh still like in arrest but they like how else would they kill him that way but he blows up and you can't like find out the answer uh, <laughs> that's so funny I yeah, hope my handcuffs suck. don't blow up <laughs> don't tell my family this is how I died yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know very uh, battle royale-ish it's like oh well um, but yeah so what is this thing that should yeah, yeah the- so um, one of the cool things about this game is you had the ability to one play through VR missions and mm. two play yeah. through the game and there's this like phantom narrator named number four that's all his name is as you play through the vr versions of the the stuff Mm. and he like tells you things about the game that you didn't know at the time like that's where you get a lot of the backstory like when you're talking about Mm. how um marionette owl was like a serial killer and got caught by the fbi and stuff like he'll like tell you stuff about the game and at the very end when you beat all the vr stuff um i actually pulled it up so i could talk about it just in case he like, he's telling you the stuff, and if you beat them all, he goes, cool, your training's complete. Uh, undoubtedly, at this point, you're better than even Solid Snake himself, but I, now it's time for you to get some rest, dot, 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 Jack. And it oh. says that. Now, keep in mind, this game came out in 2000. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid 2 came out at the end of 2001. Yeah. So they introduce... Raiden and the concept of who Raiden is doing all the VR training stuff way before the game Whoa. even came out, but in ways that just plain can't work within the narrative oh. of the other games. So it's clear they were having fun with that. But to me, yeah. that's the big thing about this game that just makes it, it can't exist in the normal timeline gotcha. because they, they did have fun with that, but because they did that, it's like, well, this can't possibly work and make <laughs> sense. Um, Got it. Which is, again, is cool, but it's a huge throwaway. And then same with Mei Ling. Mei Ling is in the game yeah, that's true. in a couple spots. And when uh, Salt Snake meets Mei Ling in Metal Gear 1, There's... he has no idea who she yeah. is. It's the first time he's met her. Right. So to me, those are the two big things that jumped to my head that if you were going to retcon, you can throw those away, yeah. like Star Wars style. Like, eh, yeah. whatever. Let's pretend I mean, they didn't happen. I'll just say for a second point, I think that's just Solid Snake playing game. He's like, ah, who are you? I don't know. Whatever, lady. But I think he's trying to get on her nerves. Uh, yeah, but yeah no, that, no, he remembers her. Yeah. That's very fun about uh, the ride introduction. I didn't catch that. I haven't, I didn't play for all the VR, especially this time around, but that's a very fun detail because, yeah. I, yeah. I, I remember at the time it didn't make sense because I'm just like, yeah. Jack, what does that mean? Yeah. I thought yeah. it was like, Hey, good job, Jack. Like, I thought it was kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't occur to me until later. Like, oh, Imagine Jack. this, though, for a second, that your name actually is Jack and <laughs> you're playing it. That would have fucked oh. you up. <laughs> Dude, you're sure you're like, whoa, Hideo did some shit where, like, he knows. Yeah, yeah. He, he knows, knows me. He knows me. Um, that's that's really cool, though. I, I like the, no, them definitely. introducing that, like, um, like earlier on because it's like... Uh, I don't know that that like that whole thing about him in Metal Gear Solid 2 which I'm sure they'll they'll get to in the in the episode is like 
it's it's like one of those things that oh man the payoff would be sweeter if it was introduced earlier on or if they had yeah. hid something about it in even Metal Gear Solid yeah. One, which I don't think they did because they they didn't know no. it. You know? No, it's clear that they had no idea that the game was going to be that big. And mm-hmm. yes, it has its little after credit sequence, but kind of like the Matrix movies, it kind of mm-hmm. feels like mm-hmm. yeah, like we can make more, but we didn't know we were going to make more. Yeah, and then you see what they did with their big reveal from Metal Gear Solid One into into two, and it's like it didn't matter at all that it was the president. You know what I mean? Not at all. Like literally in no way. Yeah. Um, very interesting. No, that is cool. Are those VR missions fun by the way, Mike? I think they are, but I like VR. Actually, if you look right there, that is a giant cardboard cutout, not of metal gear, but of metal gear VR VR missions. missions. It's so cool. It's got like, Snake, uh, Sniper Wolf, and Vulcan Raven, and then a giant Cyber Ninja up at the top. Um, but I liked the VR mission stuff yeah. a lot. So because I played so much of that, I ended up wanting to do it in the Game Boy Color game as well. It's just challenges, but yeah. they're fun. Yeah. I so. like I like the PlayStation VR missions game. I mean, that's yeah. a that's a that's a classic. I love those. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was fun. Plus, if like you got to play as. Uh, Gray Fox in the VR missions on the PS1. So, like, that was more incentive than this. This, again, it just feels like a fun little Easter egg where they're like, hey, we're going to drop this. You won't know what it means, and you might forget about it by the time you do know what it means. But if you ever remember, you'll know that we did it. Oh, that's sick. It's like when you learn, like, what's that thing that Pixar movies always do where they always hide the next movie in, like, the last movie so you wouldn't even know it if you saw it until you look back and go, oh, shit. The, right. The, yeah. the guy, oh, look, it's Nemo, and he's being eaten by Woody. Yeah. Is that, yeah, I didn't, I didn't actually know that about Pixar either, that they, that they did that. You're learning so much tonight, Jerry. Uh, hey, yeah. aren't, you, aren't you happy that you're here today? These, uh, these, these are, if nothing else, educational. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Real sticky wicket we found. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's bad. No. Um, <laughs> the plot honestly gets convoluted. It's kind of hard for me to follow along a little bit reading along. When I experienced yeah. it, I was like, this made sense in my mind, but it is a little bit. But ultimately, it ends up with you having to take down not just Viper, who turned out to be uh, this guy, Brian. What a jerk, Brian. <laughs> Brian? <laughs> it turned out to be this guy, Brian. <laughs> Brian McBride. What's what the great... significance of it being Brian? Well, wasn't he from Metal Gear 1? Wasn't yeah. that the, the throwback? It, is that he's a guy was, from Metal Gear 1 that you McBride, thought died? yeah. Yeah, it's like a connection, yeah. Of like, it's a different betrayal, basically. Mm. Uh, and Campbell is kind of responsible for the whole thing because he didn't know Black Chain was an American mm. unit. Like, was like, he thought, like, he told him he killed McBride, but it wasn't the truth. It was all this stuff of, like, the CAI cover-up and what yeah, they're Chris trying to Jenner do. was there to, like, yeah. destroy evidence. She wasn't there because her unit got killed. Yeah. Like, oh. like, there's a lot of that type of, like, uh-oh, switcheroo stuff where Snake has to go, like, wait, why the hell am I actually here? Who was actually yeah. my ally kind of right, stuff. Right, right. That's cool. I, I like, um... Yeah, I like that. Like it, again, that's another thematic thing with the Metal Gear games, so where it keeps repeating itself is like this. This whole, all these ideas of like, a event happens, the government covers it up, uh, they do it unsuccessfully, those people sneak out and become the villains in the next game, and it kind of dominoes. Yeah. It just keeps dominoing down, mm-hmm. down his, down through the t- time, you know, the tides of history. Uh, but yeah, that's not the first time also that they've pulled something like that because Gray Fox in general is mm-hmm. the result of a uh, tr- them trying to cover up 
Or I guess you kill him in the second game in Metal Gear Solid. Um, yeah. In Metal Gear Two, Solid Snake for the MSX. That's where you kill Gray Fox, and he's he's supposed to be long dead. The fist fight in a minefield. Mm. Yeah. And um, so the way this kind of resolves too is that you do have this fight with Viper, who's Brian, and t- defeat him, and then you have to defeat the Metal Gear before it uh, launches Newts, and you do all that. But then the sort of reckoning of the in the whole epilogue is of all that information with Campbell and with Chris. And you're kind of like, because this has always kind of paralleled a little bit with Escape from New York, famously, where Snake Pliston was kind of the inspiration for Solid Snake. This is the most I've seen it kind of taken inspiration from the ending of Escape from New York, where you have all this truth about like the shady things that the CIA and the American government have been up to, how they've used people like you and who have been in this situation like chess pieces, and now sort of the reckoning you want to do by going back and revealing the truth. And it's kind of like Solid Snake's end piece there is like that's his plan is that he's going to do the same thing Chris did is he's going to like fight to get evidence back and like like explain everything basically, and it's an interesting kind of like somber note for a handheld game. To yeah, end it's a wild lines. ending yes. for a Game Boy Color game. <laughs> <laughs> and like any even like a Metal Gear Solid game where you like instead of feeling the satisfaction of I beat all these bosses, like they always kind of do that a little bit where you beat all these bosses, and you're like. But war at what cost? If all these, all, <laughs> war, all these war is what, a game. At all these casualties, and now it's like, but also in this case, there's also like a personal element of like you were used, and you have to reckon with that. And I thought that was an interesting number, like wrinkle to it, uh, that you wouldn't expect, and then it comes across in the canon of this plot. And I thought that was really mm. interesting about yeah. it. They, they also, in true Hideo uh, fashion allude pretty heavily that the only reason you're forgiving Chris is because you want to have sex with her. Like they, ah, they, they lean very heavy on it where it's like, I want to forgive you. And so I will. Cause you're such a hot babe. Yeah. And she's like, cool. <laughs> let's ride off together. Nice. Like it's very much like it kind of feels like he has like no reason to forgive her, but then he's like, looks her up and down and goes, Whoa. Yeah. And then he goes, yeah, we're cool. I guess we're cool. <laughs> Don't do it again. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's very, uh, that's interesting. Another, again, another thematic uh, th- truth about the series that even yeah. as even as early as Big Boss, you know, if we're if we're to assume, you know, Solid Snake is a clone of Big Boss, it's just like throughout history he has been a complete degenerate, like sexual <laughs> pervert. He's been like yeah. trying to sleep with everybody out in the battlefield of all places. Yes. Uh, least comfortable place to uh, try to pick up ladies. <laughs> yeah. He uh he will always be lied to and he will always want to bang everyone. Mm-hmm. Wow, that does give me the idea of a uh, solid snake leisure suit Larry type game where you're just <laughs> out at bars trying to pick up ladies, but all yeah. you can talk about is your tragic past and yeah. traumatic uh, solid solid snake in like a leisure suit Larry uh, uh, Hugh Hefner styled bathrobe yeah. kind of thing, like a plush <laughs> bathrobe. He occasionally looks like a wolf and goes auga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. I love it. Um, Still has an eye patch and a fodder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Fun, fun. I just wanted to like touch on basically like overall uh, responses to the game. Just like, just cause also like, this is the hidden game. Like we, I think we did a good job of like encouraging people to seek this out as both like a gameplay yeah. and an interest in the canon. But like it's sort of reception now on. Cause I also was thinking about this too. Like, 
not too many series have done this kind of like demake thing where they go back to the roots a little bit. And right. this was like maybe the only opportune time to do it where technically Metal Gear Solid was the one odd one out and there were more 2D games than 3D at this time. But like Grand Theft Auto, they had Chinatown Wars for DS or right. you can play something like Dragon Quest 11, which has a 2D mode on like the definitive editions where it's like they're trying to like some games more nowadays are harking a little bit back to the past. And I feel like right. this was one of the few cases where that was like opportune to do. And I don't know. I feel like it's the thing of don't be afraid that it's a 2D Game Boy Color game. It is like a solid Metal Gear Solid game. Uh, yeah, I think that we made a lot of jokes, obviously, but I yeah. I genuinely believe that this might be the definitive Whoa. like anything about Ghost Battle <laughs> at this point. Like I I I defy someone to find a more right. comprehensive uh encompass uh, encompasses is that a word it's a word now baby yeah, yeah. the golden encompasses is what you're talking yeah, about yeah right? yeah, the, the, yeah a, a more <laughs> a more definitive golden encompasses yeah. of the game metal gear ghost babble uh yeah. could not possibly exist now that we've done what we have but i think that anyone yeah. that's interested at all should give it a shot i Definitely. think it's very very easy to play this game and go if you're familiar with metal gear solid it is represented almost entirely in some mm. form in this game, so nothing should feel too confusing. You're knocking on walls. You're doing three punch yeah. combos. You're uh, like moving against things to avoid security cameras. You're running certain paths so that the floor doesn't fall yeah. beneath you. Shooting navigationable ro yeah. rockets. Yeah, yeah. yeah all, you're doing all the things you expect. You're just doing it in a new game. It's like it's like when you find out like, oh shit, this game existed in a series I love and I didn't know. It's new to me. Like that, yeah. this could be that game for you, even though you wouldn't expect that game to be old and on a handheld. So I think that this game is for anyone uh, uh, who is a fan of Metal Gear. You like, there's kind of no reason for you not to check it out. I think the only reason you might not Ooh. check it out is because of access and that, yeah. which is, I would like to encourage listeners. You know, we we had we have the 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 type of sick freaks listen to this show <laughs> who might be the type of sick freaks who went out and purchased the analog pocket recently. The uh, the um, the Game Boy sort of Game Boy Advance like hybrid console by analog. Uh, I know I have a pre order coming, and uh, I'm gonna definitely replay this game on that because uh, that would be a real. I think that would be a fantastic way to enjoy this game for the first time on a nice like big screen that really took. Yeah took the time to like upres this thing for a modern for a modern era also if you got that thing you probably got the dock so you can throw that thing on a on a television the only the only but as far as actually getting a hold of the game that's sort of the troublesome thing is like i, I don't know how much a loose cart is going for on ebay but i'm sure it's not super cheap no, so it's yeah definitely up there it's like hundreds of dollars yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you have to play this through emulation which you know we obviously encourage on this show you know um as opposed to like backing away from the idea of emulation, and I yeah. I would encourage people to it's preservation to to find this game and, and and emulate it in the way that they yeah. that they can. Uh, and I think you know, and and somehow getting that thing then on like a handheld device uh, by any means uh, you know necessary. I would I would I would say go for it because it's definitely worth it's definitely worth the time. And it's one of those rare instances where it's like. You know, if this didn't show up on the legacy Metal Gear Solid collection for PS3, yeah. I don't think it's going to show up anywhere else. I don't think I know. I, yeah, so We've, I it think has been kind of a forgotten black sheep of the family because yeah, like I have the HD collection for Free City. People have had PlayStation Free ones, and it's kind of the one that hasn't been transferred over as much. Yeah, this and well, Portable and Ops, they don't they don't love true. so. 
Plus, like, when you're in the middle of a firestorm, not emulating Metal Gear Ghost Babble starts to seem a little Metal silly. It starts to seem a little silly, yeah. And almost yeah. almost like pitball, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I think we can all agree that every one of the uh, video games that Tommy show people who did not show up on this episode were fools. Fools, I, I say. Fools. 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 Cowards. That True too. cowards. Fools liquid. Um, real real Brian McBrides, if I don't say so yeah, myself. Yeah, a couple of Brian McBrides, if you ask <laughs> look at me. Those, look at those Brian McBrides over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, what's your name? Uh, is your dad saying Mr. McBride? Yeah. Uh, Brian? <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, this is definitely like one of those like kind of hidden gem classics, and again yes. for the, for the for an era of games that is is also sort of forgotten. I feel like they just the G, the Game Boy Color in general is like a yeah sort of like a underrated. Yeah. Seems like an, uh, the more I'm learning about it, the more I'm I'm feeling it's sort of an underrated uh, console in general. Um, well, we the know- Game Boy and the Game Boy Color are top loaded. They're super super top heavy. Yeah, with like everyone played Pokemon, everyone played Tetris. Yeah, everyone played yeah. Mario Land and Wario Land. Mm-hmm. Like those are the games you played. And then there's like all the other millions of games you yeah. never even touched. Yeah. yeah, and I there's a lot of really good stuff on the Game Boy and Game Boy Color that I think a lot of people probably have no idea exists. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we we talked about the Oracle games last year, the Zelda Oracle yeah. games, which are our other ga- which are Game Boy Color games that um yeah like uh, I think probably a lot of people. Uh, missed at the time uh, if they were like me and their parents were just like you have a Game Boy we're not getting you this Game Boy Color it's the same thing you know um, so uh, we bought your Primal Rage last yeah. week and what now you need <laughs> yeah. Oracle of Seasons you're like but dad I hate it I hate <laughs> yeah. Primal Rage please uh, kill me Primal Rage <laughs> or Primal Rage will um, yeah uh, yeah um, I think there was also some degree too of like growth of video game appreciation in like the eras of that came after of like PlayStation, PS2, Game Boy Advance, even where even a hidden gem title could kind of get out there. Like there are tons of like Game Boy Advance cult hits that probably had more fans than even Oracle of Seasons or Metal Gear Solid for Game Boy Color. Right. There was more uh, journalism out there. People true. were talking about stuff. The internet had gotten bigger. Yeah. You could yeah. like be on a message board and stumble across this game you never heard of. We're back. Like, again, I was a freshman in high school in uh, 2000, Mm -hmm. and I had Tips and Tricks magazine. That's the only reason I knew this game existed. (laughs) I would never have heard of it. I never saw a commercial. I saw the one ad in Nintendo Power after I had already played it. Like, like, like it was easier to find those gems where stuff before that, you kind of just have to hope someone with yeah. word of mouth told you to check it out. And it's so there's so many things like that. And this is a Metal Gear game and it's still somehow yeah. like this secret Metal Gear game, like in a series that big, like yeah. that really goes to show you how hard some of that stuff is to find if you don't already know it exists. Yeah. I mean, Metal Gear Solid 1 was explosive. It was so popular when it came out in, like, 98. So then two years later, this game comes out. And it should tell you a lot about, like, how powerful marketing is. Like, right? That, like, this wasn't a huge hit or even, like... I guess you can consider it maybe a cult hit now, but it's definitely not. Yeah. It's definitely like I'll tell you this much: I didn't know this game existed until last year. I didn't know this game existed wow. at all. So, yeah, um, I didn't know until I mean, not recently, but recently in the grand scheme of things, that it was called Metal Gear Solid mm-hmm. because, like, I thought that it was probably some error or something. Because again, I thought I was looking for Ghost Babble, right. that's why I couldn't find it. So when I found the Game Boy Color one, I'm like, oh, this must be like some weird thing where it was wrong or maybe this is the European version. Like, I didn't know I was a kid. And so I didn't know for a long time that they just did something stupid and named it that way. 
So Hearn, I mean, yeah, it's like your passion shined, shone through, and, and we did an episode about Metal Gear Solid uh, Ghost oh, Babble. Unfortunately, no one in our group had the same passion for, say, Metal Gear Solid Acid or Acid 2, so <laughs> we won't be covering those, you know? So, I mean, this is, I mean, you know, we, we basically picked the mainline series and yeah. um, the two clear, like, in-canon portable games, which are Portable yeah. Ops and uh, Peace Walker. Peace Walker, which I haven't played myself i got the hd collection with that though and i'm gonna try it out at least yeah um, my condolences yeah (laughs) but uh, i'm talking shit baby but this game you know like it it was i don't think it would have been covered had it not been for for your excitement on it so i'm glad i'm glad that i'm glad that you did have uh i'm glad that you you threw it in there because i think it's uh you know, it's kind of like what made Zelda Games Club so interesting too. It's just like you know, yeah. hey, we're gonna do the DS games, we're gonna do the GBA yeah. game. You know, it's like it's like everyone's talked about Twilight Princess a million times, but have you talked about Phantom Hourglass? Probably not. So, um, so I was yeah. half joking, but I really think I someone find it. There's no way more comprehensive anything—a yeah. <laughs> video essay, a podcast, yeah. A, yeah. a journal, a review. There's no way something more comprehensive than what we just did exists. Yeah. Exists, yeah. No, they, there can't be. And if they do, they should be arrested. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. The only so, criminal, only criminals cover ghost babble. Okay, so now that yeah. now that this landed so well, Jeremy, let me pitch to you my next idea: okay. a vid, a virtual boy games club where we talk about all okay. the virtual boy games. I'm listening. I, I'll be adding uh, Panic. Wow. Bomber to my repertoire soon. Yeah, and Mike Steel, you're definitely invited along. The power glove. I have a virtual boy next to my power glove both within <laughs> two feet of where I'm sitting at this so very bad. moment. It's you so did, bad. That's that's your nightclub where you just strap both on <laughs> and go after the nightclub. Hey, Dude, ladies. Yes. Sup, babe? Oh, you, what? You want to play Red Alert? Sure, when I <laughs> die. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> wait are, is your name automatic pause? Because I'm not stopping playing Virtual Boy for you unless that's what you are. <laughs> that, that's something you only get if you play the Virtual Boy. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you guys for uh, encouraging and humoring me for this episode of not at uh, Metal Gear Solid. I was happy to find out that I get to talk about this game because, like Jeremy said, half jokingly, who else was going to talk about this game? Everyone in the world has talked about every other game, but we got to have fun talking about something that has not just been a horse that was beaten to death. Yeah, Yeah, totally. A horse you rode in on, if I remember correctly. That's correct. Right. Well, and he was also standing on the shoulders of giants at the time, so that's a complicated (laughs) scenario. And in a sticky wicket. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Brought it all back. Now, thank you guys for joining us today on the NPC Radio uh, Metal Gear Solid Games Club. Uh, Yes, we do plugs here, Jeremy. Is that correct? Go for it. Thank you. All right. Well, my name is Michael Hearn. You can see my films at michaelchearn.com. Uh, my girlfriend Kelsey is telling me I should plug that she is going to work as production designer in my latest short film, as close as we get, and doing to do the music for it too. Uh, so look forward to that. In the meantime, you can see a trailer for my upcoming film, Big Ideas Detective Agency. Uh, Jeremy, nice. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime. And uh, yeah, just thank you so much for your patronage. Like, if you're listening to this episode, that means that you subscribe at the $10 DJ Toad tier on patreon.com slash super NPC radio. We certainly appreciate you. If you're listening to this on the free feed later on down the road, uh, hey, we, uh, why don't you go give us a little uh, checkout at super NPC uh, or patreon.com slash super NPC radio, where we have probably another games club currently running. I'm speaking Virtual to Boy people Games Club, yes. From the, yes, the Virtual Boy Games Club. <laughs> We're doing Jack Brothers right now. It's a real yeah. hoot. So uh, head on I mean, over. I, 
I plan on selling my cartridge immediately after that game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> my name is Mike Steele. You can find me on Twitter at Van Saves Lives. You can check out my uh, radio show at JimandThem.com. And mm. not to date the show too hard, but my video game I've been working on for about two and a half years is coming out in less than two weeks. February 8th, it is called Ollie Ollie World. If you are at all interested in cool video games or skateboarding, you should check it out. I truly think it's a good game, not just because I worked on it. Uh, and that is what I have to say. Woo. Nice. Yeah, definitely uh, liked the Ollie game that I played before. I think it was, uh, there's Ollie and Ollie 2, Ollie Land. Yeah. Is that what they're uh, called? Yeah. Ollie and Ollie, welcome to Ollywood. Ollywood, that's it. Yes, I played those on Steam. They're very cool. I'm looking forward to Ollie World. I am. That makes me happy to hear. I, yeah. I uh, they're weird cult games, so it's yeah. always fun when someone says, "Hey, I liked those games." So. I love it. I'm, I was obsessed with Ollie Ollie. Yeah. Um, well, then you know, what, Jeremy, you're cooler than Michael now. Sorry. <laughs> no. Sorry, I'm, Michael. I'm. I'm, I'm not kidding. I am excited. I. I would be excited about your game if I didn't know you. So. Wow. That's that a, means a lot. That's a compliment. Did you guys see? Not to turn it into my game, but now I'm just curious. <laughs> did you guys see the cinematic animated trailer? Yeah. Yeah. I would. I would. I'm so happy that we got to release a cartoon version yeah. of uh, that. I, that made me so happy. That's tight, so anyway, though. That's sorry. tight. That's really tight. And definitely, uh, I figured that'd be a good uh, segue of like how the Metal Gear Solid Game Boy game is a good callback to 3D stating is, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got stumbered in. That was, a, that was a long walk, but I guess yeah. we did get there. You figured it out? Got uh -huh. it? All right, good. Yeah. I think that's a good end to my hosting duties. Normally, uh, skateboarding is in, get this, three dimensions. 3D. <laughs> what if? <laughs> what if? It was better. Uh, All right. Thank you guys for joining. Thank you